0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Hi, everyone. It's Marissa with a quick content warning for you before you jump into the Bear podcast. This show, as does this podcast, does discuss addiction and death by suicide. So if listening to that conversation is not in your best interest, please do take care of yourself and skip this one.
4: Everybody and welcome to our post-show recaps coverage of episodes one and two of The Bear, the best little show that Hulu's put out in quite a while. Um, but you know, FX Hulu has kind of been killing it lately, so I'm not really surprised. Um, I am here to talk with a new friend, but also a dear friend about this show, a fellow River Norther, River Northy? What? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Aren't we all River Northeast? Yeah in our, in the, our hearts. River
4: and River North. Um <laughs> uh, who also got really into this show right at the beginning of the summer when things were starting to kick off. We have the lovely and talented Marissa Garza.
3: Oh Latanya, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk about the show. It's got it's got everything, it's got mm-hmm. food. You've got Chicago. You've got trauma.
4: Yeah, we've got, got like, of tomato paste.
3: Yeah, all of the things.
4: <laughs> Sam Marzano's in the house. Um, so best. yeah, the way that this podcast will work is hectically because we are hosting. We're in the kitchen. It's hot. It's yeah, hot. it's in the it's it's like a play. We're dancing. You know, We're coming <laughs> in hot, coming in behind. We'll get to the that terminology and what it means. So we'll be recapping two episodes per podcast. Uh, they will come out once a week and we have possibly a wrap up podcast that will occur. And along the way, we'll hopefully also be joined by some friends yeah. of the pod um, and a, a post recaps and RHAP fame. So kind of like keep your podcatcher of choice and your ears peeled because you can't, is it eyes peeled? Eyes ears, peeled. Open,
3: ears can also be peeled i guess that's a really weird <laughs> sentence to say but yeah
4: keep your that's ears peeled everyone we're not doing Hannibal sharpen coverage, your no Hannibal coverage. <laughs> sharpen Just. your knives so that you can peel these ears better <laughs> uh, so all right let's get into it um let's do it. marissa why did you start watching this show
3: well i have been a long time watcher of food Mm. food content in general and I was really into like um Anthony Bourdain was a big mentor yeah like I knew him but um a big influence in my life and so I watched a lot of his stuff growing up and then also you know Top Chef and all of that so I've always been really interested in like how things get made in restaurants and the whole story of all of that and then when I saw that this was about like Chicago mm-hmm. and also has lip from um oh my uh, gosh my, my blade. shame yep shameless. shameless I was like Southside. that's a different thing <laughs>
4: <Lip> <laughs> like, from south side. yeah
3: <laughs> yeah lip from shameless and he did really great work in that series and so I was excited to see him here and it was a quick eight episodes so I, it didn't take long to get me to commit
4: yeah Um, i definitely started watching because i saw that jeremy allen white who plays carmy or carmen in this show um he's the lead um was going to be starring in it i watched shameless i think for way too long um because (laughs) jeremy allen white was pulling so much like heavy weight on that show and um i just i've always felt like he has that same kind of brooding energy of like a young De Niro presence going Mm, on. mm -hmm. So I was really interested when the show ended because I was like, okay, finally he'll be free and he can like do projects that he actually wants to work on. Um, And this is the, the, not the first project, obviously, but the one that has landed the best so far. There's also this horror movie, The Rental that he's in that was directed by uh, Dave Franco, who's also in this movie Uh, or sorry, no, he's not. Dave Franco Dave just Frank directed it. He's not, yeah. He's not in it. Um, but yeah, he uh Lip or uh as you'll come to know him, Carmi, Jeremy Allen White plays uh the little brother in that movie as well, but um a much different relationship than with his siblings in this show. Um, but yeah, so from here on out, we're gonna be talking about <laughs> spoilers, yeah. Um If you all have a problem with that, I understand, pause this, go out, watch episodes one and two of the bear on Hulu, and then come back and join us because we really want to get into what happened here, right? Yes. Yeah. So why, why is this show? What is this show? What is it all about? Uh, the premise is that it's about the lives of chefs or cooks that, um, are working at this restaurant. Um, Carmi, who is the lead character, uh, has a bro- older brother who died by suicide. And he uh his older brother leaves Carmi the restaurant, which is a super big uh and Carmi is a super big deal in the food world. Like he has not been able to work at his family restaurant, which was kind of all he wanted growing right, up. His right. brother wouldn't let him do that. And so he said, okay, screw this. I'm going to go out and become literally one of the best chefs in the world.
3: Like, but for real. Yeah. Like literally one of the best chefs in the whole world. He got all the awards. He was yes. at all of the restaurants.
4: Big yes. deal. Huge deal. And so he comes back to this flailing restaurant just trying to deal with, you know, his brother's suicide because we learn later in the season they haven't really spoken. Um, for years and so he didn't know what was going on in his brother's life um or much of his family's lives while he was away in new york kind of becoming super chef um and uh he it's really about kind of dealing with coming home after missing your friends your family and people who are your chosen family and seeing how well people can mesh in a really high stress environment um yeah. Because wouldn't you say this is kind of a stressful show to watch?
3: Yeah, there's a lot of nervous energy. And I think that that's something, you know, that you find working in a restaurant. I think it's just, you know, at least back of the house energy is the you got to move. There's always, mm-hmm. you know, we see it at one point in the show, there's, you know, taped down on the counter. It's a sense of urgency. Yeah. Like, this is something that, you know, is ingrained in this environment. But there's also like a sense of urgency because, you know carmy's just coming home he's figuring things out Mm -hmm. so we've got it all over the place
4: yeah and it i would say it's one of those shows that you know you'd have to really enjoy a quick tempo of things and like not going go in being prepared to like relax and watch a show this is like a high intensity um like you know Arena that these people are working in, and they're working under some of the worst possible personal circumstances that people could work under.
3: And I think there was a stylistic choice in the writing and the directing that even like the dialogue is in a way where it's not like you're getting one character's perspective, like mm-hmm. one character is going to say something and then another <clears> character is <throat> going to say something. There's a lot of talking over each other, there's a lot of um, interruption yelling multiple conversations happening at the same time kind of Mm -hmm. like in real life so if you're looking to escape the bear might not be the best (laughs) choice for you
4: no i mean this show really remind the pace of this show reminded me of being in debate it's just go 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 all the time um you know like everyone is as caffeinated as they can be um, but we're also really like focused on those moments where we can just sit down and eat a meal with the team before everything goes back into chaos mode. Mm-hmm. Um, family meal kind of reminded me of that uh, with debate, but also just the fact that our activity is about people who speak at like a million words per minute and um, are trying to win a prize <laughs> by out talking someone so uh a lot of the the things that were really intense about this episode I really appreciated. I also appreciated uh that this show is so much about grief mm-hmm. and it's the importance of found family and the impact that addiction can have on everyone
3: yeah like if you were doing a like just a study on Jeremy Allen White, it's really interesting to see how like in Spoilers for Shameless, but in Shameless, he plays an addict. So we get to see addiction from that perspective from him. Mm-hmm. And then in this show, we get to see him as a family member of, right. of someone who was who an addict. So we kind of get to see the impact of that. Um, so if you're just focusing on one person, you can kind of get the experience from both sides of um, of the coin. And I, I do think that like the effect of addiction isn't necessarily something that we see in shows without the person who is addicted. Right. And and that was an interesting perspective that was shown here.
4: Yes. There are so many things about addiction that are made about the treatment and recovery process. Right. But, you know, we all know that the treatment and recovery process is kind of like a 50, 50 shot um, as to like, whether or not you'll start using with again, within the first 48 hours of when you get out of, um, of treatment. Um, It's, it's, Interesting to examine kind of the ripple effect that this would have on a family, on a business, on a person's career, yeah. and the things that they really choose and choose to not value as a result.
3: Yep. Yeah, I think the show kind of explores that with each of the characters, like how it affects Carmi how it affects Richie, because Richie, Richie comes close. Richie's oh like God, almost Richie. like on the borderline there, and I then know. Sugar, and how Sugar takes takes care of herself and her family
4: through it all as well. I know. Uh, we'll get to Richie and Sugar, because yeah. uh, we have to. Because we have to. <laughs> Richie, my goodness. Um, so a very important thing about this show for us is that it is a show that is very Chicago, right? Yeah. It's filmed mostly on the north side of Chicago. We're both currently north siders. I'm from the south side originally. Um, But it is a show made by (laughs) non-Chicagoans, which is always interesting.
3: I was so impressed. I was like, wow, they really love this place. Exactly.
4: So for me, I don't need you to get, like, I'm going to be upset if you are just blatantly saying things that aren't true about Chicago, but I don't need everything to be 100% accurate down to the letter about Chicago. I just need you to make me feel that you have an evident love of the city. And yeah, I think like, this show really does that. There's a
3: Bible. lot of vibes, Chicago vibes, in this.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And a lot of Chicago
4: people, vibes.
3: How people talk, what they value, what even just like the the food itself. The fact mm-hmm. that this is like an Italian beef place. This is that's you know people think of pizza when they come here, but yes. we have other cuisines.
4: <laughs> and and let's talk about Italian beef because this is an Italian beef restaurant. Um, I know that there are some regions that don't have kind of like their own meat sandwich
3: yeah but
4: there's a an epilogue or prologue for like this sandwich out there everywhere like the philly cheesesteak the um that's the only way i could think of at the moment it's a good
3: one it's a good one (laughs) uh
4: but italian beef sandwiches are kind of quintessential chicago eats um why is that
3: well so i it started I looked it up online. I didn't know all this before, but um, back in the thirties, it's basically roast beef. That's sliced really, really thin. It's been cooking all day. So if you think of Chicago coming from a working class background, it's a big piece of meat that you can buy and you can feed many, many people and you can do so quickly with not a lot of, not a lot of prep, not to say that there isn't prep involved, but basically once you set it, you can forget it. And um, I can tell you that like beef I think I've had more Italian beef than I've had deep dish pizza in my life. And I I agree coming from someone who who had Lou Malnati's last week. Like I, Mm -hmm. you know, I, it's, it's just something that is part of the culture here. I think for every birthday, first communion, some sort of family gathering, there would be like a beef order.
4: (laughs) Yeah. There'd be like a beef like plate like tray. Yeah. Or uh-huh. like,
3: or even just like a container of it with like all of the aju, and you can make your yes, own. Exactly. And, and it's also great because I think Italian beef, you can have it customized. So one thing, you know, when you order the Italian beef, there's many different ways you can order it. You can just, it's basically sliced Italian beef on a French roll, with au jus which is like the juice on it and but you could have it dipped where they like dunk in a, in au jus you can have the au jus on the side yeah. you can have it hot with hot peppers it's, or sweet with sweet peppers there's no it's way like i'm cheese. not going to
4: be able to not eat one of these today now <laughs> uh, I, know. I know wow this show is going to be really good or really bad for us uh, <laughs> so what is your go-to beef order because like you said there are many correct ways to order an italian beef there's only one correct way in my opinion to order a hot dog Unless it's a chili oh. cheese hot dog,
3: oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And
4: what is that way, Marissa?
3: For my beef order, I usually get it uh, dipped and sweet. Okay, that's usually yes. my go-to. Sometimes I will get it with cheese because sometimes there are places that put cheese on it, like Portillo's is one. Mm-hmm. But uh, a good provolone on the bottom. Oh yeah, also good very provolone good. Provolone
4: is very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do, How about you? I do a roast beef dipped with uh, either parmesan not parmesan uh well the cheese we were just talking about literally just now
3: i literally just
4: <laughs> mozzarella or provolone
3: provolone the that's there. the one provolone
4: <laughs> no it's not just me it's <laughs> not it's making me feel so much better it's not um, i think it's like summer in the heat it is there's something um, so I get it dipped, and I ask for sweet peppers on the sandwich, and then hot peppers on the side because I like to yeah. have a little. Even though my my whole digestive system is like, we hate you, stop this. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, no, I have to have a little of that sweet, sweet, like spicy jarnera. yeah, which is a hard word to say. Um, like, yeah, though, when you go to fine. your exactly. When you go to your typical Italian beef place, it'll have like hot dogs, fries, um, maybe like a cup of chili um, and then Italian beef. And they'll have like, um, you know, something random always appears on these menus too. (laughs) Like the fact that uh, they kind of start off having served spaghetti on the menu and there's like a big debate between um, Carmi and and Richie. and Richie about whether or not spaghetti should still be sold or it should be on the menu at all. There's every Italian restaurant or Italian beef restaurant I've ever been to has had some sort of random thing. I'm like, what? Why is this here? Yeah, and is <laughs> a
3: big one for some, yes,
4: non seasoned mastacioli. Just like if you want the idea of pasta, we've got that. Yeah, um, and even
3: have you noticed this too that like some these days they're putting italian beef on deep dish pizza i i don't i don't get I just, why this is they, happening but it. it's happening stop it i don't i'm
4: all it. about i i'm all about not kink shaming i'm all about letting people eat what they want to eat or whatever unless <laughs> you want to put some italian beef on a freaking pizza don't cross the stream don't yeah, cross those there's streams. No reason. keep them separate as cardi b said what was the reason <laughs> um so yeah it's really popular too in illinois wisconsin um you know all the places with cheese as a focus <laughs> yeah.
3: and i think there's a lot clean. of like uh ex-chicagoans that'll take it and go places and one i mean we can't talk about italian beef without talking about portillo's especially here in yeah. the chicagoland area uh they're like a very popular chain that has kind of it was bought it was a set I could have a whole other podcast about Portillo's and the economy of Portillo's. I'd be
4: interested to know. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: (laughs) They were bought and taken nationwide. So you might have a Portillo's Mm -hmm. near you. You, If you you don't,
4: then you need to move to where there is a Portillo's (laughs) near you. Because those places just do not miss on- yeah, any they have random mem- uh, menu items too, but they just don't miss. Like they have ribs randomly.
3: Yeah, they have ribs. They also <clears throat> have like a beef che- beef and cheese croissant. Beef too. and cheese
4: croissant. Yeah, so good. And guys um, also good I fries. I love Al's uh, number one Italian Ooh, beef yeah. too. Um, I'm kind of more partial. I think because when you tell them to dip their sandwiches, like you you're gonna need more wrapping for the sandwich. How um, be? yeah. So. Okay, let's go back and talk a little bit about the characters that we're going to meet here. Give me your kind of like um, intro to Carmi.
3: Carmi is a middle child. Yes, <laughs> Carmi perfect, perfect is, start. Um, he is the world's best job. Like he's super accomplished by the time we meet him. We tell that he's there, um, you know, this is not his normal work environment he's trying to make it something of his own it, there's a lot of family um family is very important to Carmi. he was michael's younger brother and um Sugar. you know we know that he, that michael dies in the first two episodes we don't necessarily know how he died until mm-hmm. a little bit later um but he's very accomplished he was chef de cuisine which is like one of the highest stations you can get in the kitchen and was trained by some really, really, you know, accomplished chefs. So he's, he's a big deal with a tortured soul. Who's a middle child, I think is how I would describe him.
4: And completely sexless. Yeah. Did you notice that? That's one of the things that I thought was really interesting about this show that I know we'll touch on more as we podcast about it, but there are very few shows nowadays where the main character is just shown as sexless the whole time. And it was refreshing. Yeah. To like, and take that element out of the storytelling. What do you think?
3: Especially for Jeremy Allen White coming from Sheamus yeah. and all of the work he did there in that arena. <laughs> and not, not that it was bad, but that was a no, good part it's just of his the character. Way he just did it. Like yeah. what didn't work? <laughs> he did um he you know it it was it was refreshing I agree with you to kind of see someone just deal with life in front of him which I also think I appreciate about the format of the show and the Mm -hmm. fact that it's like short and focused and moves very quickly yeah
4: um what about Richie
3: Richie I just in all my notes I was like Richie is a Chicago guy like this guy I don't he's you know, family's super important. He's going to do anything for his family, whether that be blood, which you know we learn later is his daughter, or um, his found family. Right. He was played by Evan Moss. Backrock. Yes, Evan. Evan. Never- yes, thank you. But he was in the Dropout, which I also covered. Yeah. which So like this whole time, I was like, totally two different characters. He did yeah. a really good job coming into this.
4: And uh, played he- Desi and girls. Yes. is very well known for a certain scene where he put in some work and was the first one to do that on tv you can google it i'm not going to talk about it anymore (laughs) um but just
3: yeah he thinks carmen's too fancy Uh he's like a little intimidated by carmen when we first meet him
4: richie is such a retrograde kind of human being too like when he gets intimidated he very much starts like going off on these like diatribes for no reason and just targeting people that are new you know he's very much like frat boy haze the new person like um (laughs) somehow for some reason has a gun and uh yeah yeah Yeah, uh, and a bit of a shady past it seems
3: yeah and one of the things that I picked up on which might come up Maybe not. It was very small, but he he sees himself as Italian, even though he's not Italian. He's definitely not. And this is like a thing that can happen in Chicago from time to time, is people can like adapt the culture of where they're living. Mm-hmm. And so um, he he is not. He thinks he's Italian. He's not Italian. But then he also looks down on Polish people, which is like <laughs> a very Chicago like jets and sharks type of situation. Really true. <laughs> so I appreciated that part of his character because I was like, oh, I think my mom's uncles know this guy.
4: You know, oh my like, god! Yeah, hilarious. um, yeah, I definitely know some um, some Richies, um,
2: yeah.
4: and some of them. It's all for all of them. It's always interesting to see them have a moment of like quiet or mm-hmm. a moment where they're starting to have a realization because it unlocks different things in the character for you. And I think if this was if this was any other actor, then this would be a way more like one D portrayal of just an ass, yeah. but. The, the way that Eben Mosbachrock is acting in this show, it's just like you very much, as you said earlier, feel like he's just uh trying to accommodate for something that he's lacking by being the way that he is. And, yeah. you know, uh, whoever who even knows how much of that has to do with grief because Michael, Carmi's brother, Carmi and Sugar's brother, was his best friend.
3: Yeah, and I think it's like his he's doing what he thinks he needs to do but not really realizing who he is it's a very like we could we could and probably will as we recap the episodes talk about this through the lens of you know toxic masculinity and Mm -hmm. the choices that he's making based on as you mentioned the inadequacies that he he sees in himself and trying to live up to michael's vision of him because we also learn a little bit about michael later on in the series too
4: yeah a little bit Hopefully we'll get more bits and pieces of of Michael um, because we won't talk about it yet, but the actor who plays him is just on a roll and I've Mm. loved for a while. So I would love to see some more flashbacks happen. Um, And then we've got Sydney, our sous chef. Oh my gosh. The the queen. Yes. The queen, Io Itabiri who is known for being a stand-up comedian herself, and also for writing and for Big Mouth. Um, she is a CIA, a Culinary Institute of America mm-hmm. trained chef. So she's got skills. You know, She's worked at some really great restaurants, and they're all on her, Like I think Blackbird and Avec are on her resume, yeah. which yeah. are really big <laughs> restaurants in Chicago that it's almost impossible to get into unless you Know someone. Um, and uh, she apparently used to come to the restaurant all the time when she was little because it was her dad's favorite place to go. Which you know, oh. I just think is so wonderful. What do I you know. think about Sydney?
3: Uh, I stand Sydney she's amazing she's you know the way that she she also has trials and grief and trauma and things but Mm -hmm. the way that she deals with them is much different than how Carmi's dealing with them two different people totally understand and, and get that but we you know we see her kind of deal with that throughout the entire series and she's able to stand up for herself in certain cases and she's not able to in others and um I just really loved her like there was a wholeness to this character that it wasn't just like she's a sous chef trying to get the sous chef job she had a path they had a whole story like we see just like boxes from her her catering company we don't know that whole story right but But they're doing
4: such a great job of seeding all of that stuff yeah yeah it's one of the reasons why i love her too it's one of the reasons why i was so excited because when this show came out and we'll quickly get into the show after this (laughs) when the show first came out um it was very slow kind of trickle down word of mouth effect um there wasn't like a ton of publicity like barely any they're just catching up with doing publicity now so you can like go to vanity fair or go to uprocks and read some pretty hilarious articles about the bear including one about whether or not carmy should continue to be sexless in season two (laughs) and then you can write into (laughs) us and let us know what you think (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um So yeah, um, those are kind of the main characters. We get the uh, the line cook representation as well um, with characters that we'll talk about later, but those are kind of like our, yeah. our main trio. Okay.
3: Yeah, and I think like uh, we see, <clears throat> I think if you're using grief as the thesis is the thing we're examining here through the story, I think these three characters do a good job of
4: representing different ways that people process it. That's a good point, yeah. I hadn't thought of that really. Okay, so- Final spoiler warning: If you have not watched this episode, that these two episodes, please pause and come back. Episode one, yeah, we open with a very cryptic kind of scene. There's a bear on that bridge. What's
3: yeah, happening? yeah. So I think this ends up being this. I think I put it together that this is the State Street Bridge. Um, so Chicago has a river that runs through it. There's the bridges that go across it. And there is Carmi in the middle of the bridge with a bear and he's just like unlocking it. And this is what I think got me into the, I was like, okay. Cause I love good symbolism. I love a good mm-hmm. allegory. I love a good mystery of trying to figure out what the show's trying to tell us because yeah. we just get this like brief scene of him unlocking it and kind of letting the bear out. And then we're, uh, we're, you know, receiving yeah. the beat order for the next day. So it's kind of just like lets the audience know he's, he's letting something
4: out he's letting something out out that he's had uncaged or had caged in himself um you know that maybe other not many people have seen of him you know yeah um we get an idea that that carmy's like a really really big deal in the restaurant industry worldwide but people who are in chicago going to get an italian beef sandwich at portillo's don't know that about you no. Um, they just want their beef hot. You and know?
3: I mean, I think a lot of them would have the same reaction like Richie does yes. in certain situations. Like yeah. they don't want an Italian beef from a fancy chef. Exactly. They want an Italian beef from the guy who's made Italian beef for his a, a million life. times. Yeah. yeah, and
4: like do it with a blindfold on. Yeah. Um, so the original beef um, in Chicago uh, on in River North is where this most of the action that we get in this show is set. Uh, yeah. We learn very quickly that this is not like we get some a little bit of the idea that this is not just like a brand new place. Like there's some history. This, the set. Can we talk about this kitchen set for a little bit? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think so. Um, in the show, the, the restaurant is called The Original Beef of Chicagoland. But in real life, this is based off of the restaurant called Mr. Beef. And Mr. Beef is a longstanding standing beef restaurant um, so you you know you walk in it's definitely grungy beat up this is definitely also something that is very common to the city of chicago it's
4: important yeah I, I would say to the city yes yeah
3: you know like you don't want to get again you don't want to get your italian beef from a pristine place it's mm-hmm. gotta been through some things there's also you know there's also Um, photos of people on the wall that never really were addressed during the entire series but yeah so
4: some of them were like Chicago newscasters yeah (laughs) yeah
3: but um, this is I think to tell us as the audience that this place is established people know who it is Mm -hmm. you know we hear from the conversations that we hear at the beginning of this episode you know like don't mess with the system there's regulars you know like this is like something that could pretty much run on its own because it's been around for so long
4: yes um so when they show up with the first beef order they of course don't have enough um (laughs) he didn't like get the order that he that he wanted um and he has to cook it longer as well because the beef is on the bone um so they show some of this really cool prep work um, that happens. So I I just watched an interview where I found out that Jeremy Allen White and Io Itabiri went to uh, like a culinary institute in somewhere in Santa Monica, I think, and they actually worked for two weeks to try to learn the basics. And then by the end, Jeremy they just like threw Jeremy Allen White into a kitchen Good. during restaurant service at a, at a like really swanky restaurant. So. No one noticed that there was any problems. <laughs> so.
3: Well, I mean, I think in the era of Top Chef after, you know, you know, obviously I could I could cook in a kitchen because I've watched, you know, so yeah. many episodes of Top Chef, uh-huh. um, you know, but they they've they've shown audiences what good prep and what good things look like. And so mm-hmm. I think it was really smart of them to invest in this for for these characters.
4: And that just makes you hungry, like watching oh, yeah. the process of this. It, do you think that this show is too stressful to be like a dinner show? I did not watch it while eating. Okay, <laughs> I, I didn't either. I <laughs> didn't. I, I didn't eat a single thing when I was watching this show. Yeah. Um, yeah. which is not normal for me in watching stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think I was a little too stressed out to be like, "Mmm, that's yummy." Uh, <laughs> but it looked great. All the ingredients look super fresh, and like that's exactly what you want your beef to look like when they serve it to you. Right. Um. So. They decide that they need to they don't have a lot of money at the original beef of Chicago land, so um, they're going to empty out the video games uh, that are there. They're just like quarters from millennium there. He's going to go. Uh, Carmi is going to go and like uh, sell some old denim.
3: Yeah, that he keeps in his some oven.
4: vintage denim that he keeps in his oven to keep the, the meat coming uh because he's literally just trying to buy meat with this with all of this money uh and he's decided that he's going to have what's called a ball breaker tournament um at the restaurant uh to try to get more people to come there because you're required to buy a drink and buy a sandwich if you come i mean i feel a solid strategy like what is does you know what do you know what a ball breaker tournament ball
3: is? breaker i think they explain later on is like a norwegian okay um mortal combat sure. <laughs>
4: like,
3: i don't even think it's real like i i, um...
4: I, I was wondering <laughs> whether or not it was real it's like the one thing i didn't look up but um i enjoy i enjoy the fact
3: that it's called the ball breaker tournament mm-hmm. it's a good time it's pretty
4: good um sydney then shows up for her sous chef position we learn that she trained at the culinary institute of america which wrong is there a chicago there is there is one okay yeah um but she wants to learn from Carmi. you know she just kind of straight up says to him i know who you are you're the most excellent chef de cuisine what are you doing here making yeah. sandwiches like
3: yeah um <laughs> but in the, like the way that he says it though is like that's a great question i'm making, making sandwiches, sandwiches i guess like
4: yeah um and you could tell that Sydney is the type of person that's very proactive. Like she reminds me a lot of myself because I will come into your space with a notebook and a pen mm -hmm. and I will take all of the notes and there's nothing that you can do about it. And then I'll come (laughs) up with a business plan for your business that your family has owned for, I don't know how long to tell you how crappy it is because I want to get paid. Those are things I can see myself doing.
3: I mean, yeah, lots of, I I was like, Sydney, I've been there.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, there's so much about Sydney that is very gentle, mm-hmm. like her, her demeanor seems very gentle, um, but she's fired up under there because we, you know, you talk about how we see these boxes from a past uh, failed kind of business that she wanted to, that she had, which we'll talk about more later, but like, we get the idea that this is kind of a, a new start for her, like she thinks this could be her big break.
3: Well, yeah. And you have to, you have to kind of question, like, first of all, first of all, Carmi put out like an ad for a sous chef at, at a Italian beef place. Yes. Okay? Like yeah. this is a little weird. It's just like <laughs> cooks. We need cooks. Cooks, uh, right. It's, we need a sous chef. And so the person who is going to answer something like that um, has a reason. And mm-hmm. that was my, like, when we first see her, I'm like, why are
4: you really here yeah yeah um I I love that she is there though yes um you know who doesn't like anything that's happening because it's new yeah (laughs) don't mess with the system apparently don't
3: mess with the system it's my system don't mess with it
4: don't mess with it just don't do it and everyone else in the kitchen is like yeah um just kind of trying like getting on board with this because you know, most people fear change, especially if they're already going through a big, like shock or like they're going through grief and hardship. And obviously he's going through grief, but he's grieving his marriage as well. Um, he's grieving the fact that he and his wife are no longer together. He's grieving the fact that he is now kind of like has to co-parent his kid, as opposed to just being there with his kid, um, who he seems to love very much, even in spite of himself. Um,
3: his, yeah. best what, friend has, his, his best, best friend, friend is, is not here him. anymore yeah and we also have I think he was like I, I do wanna, one thing we did not talk about is that, um, that Richie and Carmi refer to themselves as cousin even though they're yes, not really cousins that's true. Um, so he feels like this familial responsibility to Carmi I think
5: mm-hmm. and so
3: he's just like I don't know if I can I can handle this this is a lot of yeah lots of plates spinning
4: it's a lot of plates spinning uh not enough beef though gotta go get some more jeans out of that stove <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs>
3: exactly so, and I think like Richie really wants to take pride in keeping what Michael wanted
4: mm-hmm.
3: and yeah. Carmi has a different game plan and this is you know but why why do we have to do this
4: right and it seems to make logical sense Carmi obviously comes from kitchens where he knows what they do at like every point of the business. Um, Even if he's newer to like the bookkeeping side of it, I can only guess he'll do a better job than his brother. Um, And yeah. So like Richie's not excited about this, this tournament. Um, But (laughs) again, they need money. And so, you know, um, so carmy's like we need the nerds to come and play here yeah and car and richie's just like just make the spaghetti
3: (laughs) yeah like don't mess like the money we can count on as our regulars why are you trying Mm -hmm. to do anything outside of that um we come to find out kind of why and how later on in the series how they were making this money Mm -hmm. even it wasn't off the regulars (laughs) it was off of a side particular side hustle that was going on um but you know i think through cia you also get like how to run a restaurant yes. uh, yeah. you know classes too so Carmi knows what he's doing um and he's he also he knows what he's doing but he doesn't know how to communicate to richie to like what is all going on he's just moving forward just plowing forward
4: yeah and it's all really interesting to watch honestly yeah um just like the clash of um you when you think about it in terms of how business is done today there's almost like a clash of like generations that happens and uh Richie's not that much older than Carmi but like would be considered in the generation of people like uh, you know that are with his older brother
3: yeah Um, I think like if if just generalizing Richie reads Gen X and Carmi reads millennial yeah and there can be some friction there
4: yeah for sure and there's also just you know a lot of things that carmy's asking for aren't you know that big of a stretch in the kitchen like sharpen your knives uh (laughs) clean up your station clean up your station don't leave it looking like it was disgusting like don't leave your station looking horrible don't make it so people cannot get items out of the walk-in things like that um and immediately (laughs) starts calling them all chef to which tina goes jeff (laughs) <laughs> uh tina is one of my favorite characters yeah. um on the show um she is just so hilarious like how long she commits to the jeff bit um played by lisa cologne zayas uh tina is just hilarious like she calls him jeff for episodes of time
3: <laughs> it's very much like uh i'm gonna haze you for yeah. a little bit like i you know we we do find out that that Tina and Michael had a very strong connection and like yeah. there was a lot of love there so I can understand her also being like what but if this is what Michael wanted I'm going to honor what he wanted because right. Michael did leave the restaurant to car me so exactly. um and she also was like I've been working here for years don't tell me what to do type of stuff yes too.
4: and it's like the older like I've been here forever these now these children are coming yes. in to tell me what to do slash yes. we could be doing this a better way yeah. And, you know, is basically what Carmi and Io, their characters represent. Like, yeah. there's a way that you've been doing it, which is harmful to everyone, including you. So let's do a different way.
3: Yeah. It's like if you've ever heard that this is the way we've always done it at, in your workplace, mm-hmm. this is the, the vibe that's happening. Exactly. Here.
4: Yeah. And Jeff took her pot. So, like, give her back her, <laughs> That's her <laughs> pot. That <laughs> give is her back, pot.
3: Jeff. Seriously, Jeff.
4: Yeah. Then we meet Marcus, who is kind of a baker, like mixer. He handles the bread Um, and we get the idea that Marcus is just not only a genuinely kind person, but also genuinely interested in food, which is something that he just gets so excited about. Uh, What do you think it was about Carmi and then um, Carmi and then Sydney showing up? that you think made uh, Marcus want to be so much more interested and knowledgeable about food?
3: I think it's kind of like when this is not speaking from personal experience, but like when you have a talent or a person has a talent, but they don't have resources Mm -hmm. um, or mentorship or anything to kind of show them what to do with the talent. So like, I think when we first meet Marcus, he knows how to make bread, he doesn't necessarily know how to make bread given the substandard equipment that he's, exactly. he's got. Yeah. So he, you know, the, the in there when Carmi says, hey, why don't you just put a water bath in with the oven or in the oven with the bread and it will take care of it. Mark, I think something clicks in Marcus where he's like, oh, I can learn from this guy and I can make right. bread. Like I'm, I like bread. Yeah, now <laughs> I love bread.
4: like bread, I and, bread uh, and I
3: want to make more bread. I he know teach me how to make more bread.
4: And he's the one who like later in the season is like taking uh, pictures from Carmi's books um, and like using them as inspiration and just trying to figure out what medium of food is gonna be best for him. I think that he goes on a really cool journey and uh, it's exciting to see the ups and downs that happen with Marcus. Uh, We got- Yeah, and like how he values himself along the way. He does, yeah, which is really important. there are people in this that are just like, you know, they we get to a boiling point almost literally mm-hmm. um, later in the season. And it's just like people just have to leave to save themselves at a certain point. Yep. Um, so, yeah, um, the bread thing, I was very excited when he showed him how dry the <laughs> bread was. I was like, because there's no water under it. Because my grandmother taught me that uh, she used to bake in like a wood burning stove in oh, the wow. rural Mississippi. And so she always like knew how to make bread. And I was like, how, do you, how are you doing this? So when I made cornbread for the first time, she's like, make sure you get a longer container to put under the cornbread that's just filled, like with water. And I was like, yes, I know, a chef thing. <laughs> that's awesome. I need to give myself more credit. I have been hosting the Top Chef podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yes, chef. Uh, yes. Oh my God. I love it <laughs> when they say yes, chef. I, we should retro- retroactively rename this the Yes Chef. Show. <laughs> <laughs> um, we meet a, a couple other people. Um, Fack, who is the fixer upper, who in is. And one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He fixes too many things. Who is played by Maddie Matheson, who is like a, a renowned restaurateur in Toronto, is it? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Canada.
4: Really cool. Um, and Sugar. Um, who is played by oh, Abby Elliott.
3: Yeah, Chris Elliott's daughter. She was also mm-hmm. in SNL.
4: Yes. Um, and so Sugar stops by to visit Carmi because you have to also think, Carmi literally has not seen his family in years. Right. He right. didn't even go to his brother's funeral. Right. Um, it wasn't until he learned of his you know, brother leaving the restaurant to him that he decided to leave his life in New York and come back to Chicago. So yeah. you get the feeling that, you know, the the hug lasts such a long time between Sugar and Carmi because they haven't seen each other in such a long time and they have so much to talk about. What do you think about their relationship as it starts?
3: I think like, I couldn't tell if there was like the reason why they haven't talked is because there was something in between the, them themselves <laughs> or, but that was like my shameless version of coming in, like, like bringing my view of shameless into this character um but or if it was just the grief like i couldn't tell if there was like a which i think was the point like we at at least at this point we don't necessarily know the relationship between the two of them but as the series goes on sugar really cares about carmy and gives carmy the space that he needs To kind of come to the realizations that he needs to on his own. She's not Mm -hmm. pushing. Like she's mentioning the thing. Which we'll talk about. Uh, She's mentioning that. But she's not like kidnapping him into a car. And driving him there. Or anything like that. that. You know she's very supportive. And you can also tell that she is kind of. um, You know I love to talk about generational trauma. Mm -hmm. But so she's like breaking generational trauma. She's kind of on the outside Of her family her outside orbit of her family so she's she's made some not involved
4: in the restaurant yeah she has her own career which is you know something that's difficult to forge a path at when everyone in your family is so inextricably linked with it to this restaurant
3: yeah yeah i like sugar big fan
4: yeah i like sugar she's like a calming force in the show and she's also just like what are you talking about (laughs) kind of force which i like um tough love yes exactly um so yeah, everyone tries the new sandwiches because it's finally time Is for a ready taste go? with, yeah. you know, the new bread and everything. And everyone hates it, but because they love it. They're like, <laughs> oh, that little bastard was right.
3: It's like, <laughs> now I guess, like, we're going to have to do this more than just today. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, the system has
4: to change. I know. They're like, oh, man. And they go back and get seconds because they're like, oh, ah." Uh, Um, so yeah, the ball breaker tournament, um, brings lots of cosplayers to the outside
3: of the original beef
4: of Chicagoland. Um, and at first Carmi goes out there to try to attempt some crowd control and he's just laid out by these nerds.
3: Yeah. He gets Um, a little beat up. Yeah.
4: Um, he gets a a little bit beat up. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, Um, but you know it's okay because Richie to the rescue really
3: (laughs) this was so okay so this is like first of all Carmi goes out to like go talk to the crowd in the middle of like sid's family meal like she's made this family meal she's ready to go this is like her test for the job interview right like she's ready to go she's like look at all this stuff i made and then Carmi's like okay hold on i gotta go talk to the cosplayers it's getting real ratty out there he gets beat up and she's, like, yeah i got no, i got no time for this let me just like shoot a gun up in the
4: air yes <laughs> like, and he's like listen to me all of you uh snyder's act snyder's cut yeah i was just like i was like yes This is the rant that I did not know that I needed. And and like, I fully feel like it was, you know, like, ouch at the same time. And so, cause like, I don't know if I would be the nerd who goes to an Italian beef place to play the game. (laughs) Cause I would probably never escape. If I learned that the Italian beef place also gave me the possibility to win prizes, Mm -hmm. I'd never leave. (laughs) Um, And that would not be good for me. Um, But yeah, yeah. he his speech to them as he's like done shooting off this gun and he's like don't worry cousin I took care of it um not the way that Carmi would want things to be handled obviously um
3: what? I it worked it. <laughs> and it it's worked? also like very like uh parental because he's like mm-hmm. we're gonna be on our best behavior we're not gonna scare the regulars also I like to
4: recycle so we're gonna, like, <laughs> we're gonna clean gonna up recycle. with <laughs> Uh, it was it was like a, a really rational rant from him uh, yeah. not something I was expecting but yeah. all, thoroughly hilarious so all of this happens in the middle of family meal which Sid has prepared um, a rice with plantains dish yeah. with beans and beef and people are like a little bit wild because it's a it's not a lot of ingredients it's pretty simple and, uh, but it's still something that like everybody gets behind and thinks is really good. Um, i eat it. I'd eat it in a heartbeat. I would. I would totally eat that dish in a second. Um, <laughs> I would need a little warning in advance um, <laughs> because <laughs> I would have to do all of the antacids beforehand. But yeah, I would eat that. <laughs> um, so yeah, Richie tries the sandwich and he loves it. He's just like rolling his eyes. It's such a good moment. Um, Yeah, And then we see that Marcus listened to Carmi's advice about the bread um, and calls him chef. And it's kind of the first domino to fall. What what was that moment like for you?
3: Yeah, I was like, oh, you did it, Carmi. You're getting through. You're breaking through. Right. I was cheering him on.
4: Yeah. And uh, all of that gives Carmi enough validation to be like, not making the spaghetti.
3: Yeah, because earlier Richie was like, make the spaghetti. Then when he was out in the crowd, he was like, we don't have enough food. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta make the spaghetti. And then the spaghetti. Carmen's like, no.
4: Nope. Throws those San Marzano tomatoes right into the garbage. Yeah. Which, you know, why? <laughs> I'll take them. I'll take them. Uh, I'll take those. Like Those <laughs> specifically. We'll, we'll talk later in the, in the season about why. Um, so that's about everything that happens in episode one, unless there's anything I'm leaving out
3: no that's about it i think it's a really good like introduction to everyone you get to know the main characters you get to know the vibe you get to know the the basic premise of you know hey we're dealing with some grief we're dealing with some trauma we're dealing with some sandwiches
4: grief trauma sandwiches that's it we'll talk more about it when we cover episode two after the break
5: okay round two name something that's not boring
4: Okay, and we're back. So, um, episode two, we get kind of a, a kitchen dream, or kitchen mm-hmm. nightmare, if you will. Another show, um, but yes. Yeah, we have Carmi, who is just standing straight, like staring straight ahead uh, as he is putting together the components of a dish as a towering Joel McHale Stands over him and just berates him at, okay. at, about everything in his life, personal and professional.
3: I, first of all, I couldn't tell if this was like, I didn't know where we were when this fir- first yeah. started. I was like, what's happening? Second of all, I was like, is that Joe McHale? Oh, that that it like, that is Joe McHale. Is it really him? Oh that's yeah, no, it's really him. Yeah, yeah. like because I could hear it in his voice more than mm-hmm. see it in his face. I, I, like
4: his voice a lot more for me too. Yeah, it was like something about the uniform, like the chef and outfit is and what like, I like. The to call camera
3: it. was like that's the official term. Yeah,
4: the chef and outfit.
3: Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he's in a chef and outfit, but like the camera is also so close to him.
4: Yeah, like, and a weird I, angle of his face that I yeah. don't know. We've seen. A lot of and other things that he's been in yeah but it was definitely him and I knew that it was him by his voice and I was like whoa this is a little scary because Joe McHale plays scary really well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um he's imposing by nature he was like an ex-football player um
3: and he's got a lot of voice
4: yes and it's like a booming kind of voice too yeah so um you know this is also for me I was thinking is this a dream that's happening or is this a flashback to things that Carmi actually had to endure? Because at the same time, it's not just him in the dream, like you can see, or, you know, the vision that he has. Um, you can see like this woman who keeps going to have to take the sauce back repeatedly because it bro- it. broke it's broken yeah. and all that kind of thing. So dream or flashback? I think this
3: was like a dream that was a flashback. Okay. Not necessarily. We do get like a dream sequence later that I think is like more represent like more internal than extra. Like I think this is PTSD <laughs> yeah. and this is not um, you know, I-, I I not to say that like I I think we're sh- we're seeing where Carmi's self-concept is coming from from, mm-hmm. from being shown this, but I think he he's just get, having a flashback or it's just us getting a glimpse into his past yeah, his world.
4: Past. Um, I don't know which one I would want to be true. They're both know, terrible. Both bad. Yeah. Um, so he, um, you know, he uh, wakes up from that. And then kind of the next thing that we see is that um, he's talking essentially about like how, Tell everyone in the kitchen about how they need to like get their act together and clean things yeah. because it's disgusting in there. And the first thing that they are going to do is give the place a thorough cleaning. Um, and uh, he goes, essentially, this would never happen in at French Laundry. Why? While...
3: Why? Why would you say? <laughs> why? You're not helping yourself at all. No,
4: you're not digging yourself out of any hole um, at all by <laughs> by saying that um but you know way to like play into what they don't want to see right exactly um and Richie had just the best line which is I went to West Lawrence Avenue and learned everything I needed to
3: (laughs) and he's like completely serious about this but everyone else in the kitchen knows and if you're from Chicago you know that this is referring to DeVry yeah Marcus goes DeVry
4: the secret to success, because if you are yeah, from Chicago, great. then you've seen a million deFry The secret well, to success commercials.
3: Also fantastic because Devry like got uh, was caught up in some lawsuit for oh, like yeah, no, it, it was, was not like, a school. It was not a good school. But <laughs> yeah. the way that Richie is like he's super proud of the fact that he went to to Devry. He's like, he learned everything I needed to learn. And he gets razzed by everybody. I thought right. it was just really great. And
4: they're like, Did you graduate? F
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> <You know?
4: laughs> Like he didn't even, this is Richie. He did not even graduate from DeVry, right? But he's going
3: to be, you know, damn proud of the work that he
4: did while he exactly. was there. He's going
3: to like claim that steak, but he's not going to eat it in any way. No,
4: not at all. Um. So we see our first kind of glimpse into Carmi at home. Um. He kind of gets in, he makes a PB&J for himself. And uh, as many of us do, falls asleep watching food TV. So at the yeah. beginning of this episode, where would you assess uh carmy's mental health like we'll do a mental health check on our our main characters
3: i don't think he's like rock bottom but he's definitely like sliding fast because Mm -hmm. because he doesn't have the awareness to say something like this would never happen at french laundry like that's Mm -hmm. just him like auto replying like this that's not like him that's him on autopilot um, and the fact that he, you know, we know he's thinking about what happened in New York with his, in his past kitchen and comparing a parent, like that experience to mm-hmm. this experience yeah. and the whole like family aspect and the richness of it all. Um, you know, he's very, we don't hear a lot from him. He's very quiet. He goes home. We see he lives by himself. He's sleeping right. on the couch. Not saying that there's anything wrong with making no. PB&J and I will say care tasks when you are depressed are very, very hard. And there's no shame in doing whatever you need to do to make sure that you get food and do things. Um, um, so we're seeing like, we're seeing that he's not necessarily taking, you know, where, why isn't he sleeping in his bed? Why isn't he, you know, taking food home from the restaurant? Like
4: what right. are. Cause I mean, you know, he, it just seems like at, at, The same time he wants to run away, but he cannot escape the culinary world. He comes home and the first thing that he does is food because he probably hasn't eaten all day, even though he's been taking care of other people. Right. Um, and then you see that he's just like downing a Coke and some PB and J, which again, no shame on that meal. Like there have been some times recently where I've struggled and like could probably could not even make a PB and J. So any way that you're getting yourself some nutrients, do it. Yep. Um, but you know, he goes right from that to watching food TV. So like he doesn't have an escape anywhere yeah. in his day. Yeah. Um, and you get the idea, like you know, a lot of people who are young and very into their careers or are, are obsessed often with the subject of their careers. And so they kind of go to certain food things for their happy place or to fall asleep. They go to other things if they want to get pumped up or get inspiration. Um, and that's true in just about every walk of life. So it's interesting to see that Carmi's kind of inner thoughts here yes. are coming out as tickets.
3: I loved that. Yeah. I did like for, for, as an audience. I don't love yeah. it for him. No. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed the communication of like how he's thinking about it. Because there is like, you do get a short glimpse of an I love you. Like. At the beginning, there's, like, I love you, but then it's, like, you failed. You're a piece of shit. Like, there's, yeah. like, just so much that goes down. It starts off high, and then it goes down real fast.
4: Exactly. And then, you know, mm-hmm. bad things happen because he wakes up to his fire alarm going off. They're, the smoke detectors are going. Um, He has to go and put out a fire because he's been cooking wrapped food wrapped in plastic like frozen wrapped in plastic food in his apartment and apparently this wasn't the first time yeah so this is okay so maybe he was at rock bottom
3: like this is rock bottom behavior in my opinion like this is something big is happening and he's probably not aware of it and doesn't know how to you know ask for help or anything like that so um this is a wake up moment for him
4: all right um so yeah, he wakes up doing that. It's just, it's really a scary scene. It's great that he makes it out of it okay, but it's even better and surprising, actually, that his neighbors did not call the cops or something.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, my, uh, my grandma owns a building in the city, and so that was on my mind. I was like,
4: oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, sh- I you, you have that kind of like, thing happen in the middle of the night and don't you just kind of up and like go and see if that person's okay that I don't know. That's what I would do. If yeah, I
3: check on happening. check on check on your name. That's a whole other conversation. It's like the, it's a the, whole
4: Chicago thing too because a lot like people in New York, we don't really like to know our neighbors.
3: Yeah. And the loss of community and the mm-hmm. effects of and we talk about it a little bit or the show talks about it a little bit in here, but the effects of gentrification and the yeah. the um the individualistic nature of neighborhoods even yes. though like neighborhood is supposed to convey a sense of community
4: exactly yeah um so but sid got the answers
3: all of them she's got all, all of it. them
4: um she did some extra credit as she called it <laughs> um and she got it all figured out because again she wants to get paid don't blame right, her taking steps let's do this yeah um she has uh you know Carmi tries to shut her down a little bit with her ideas and she goes well I actually had an idea about that and it's mostly pictures and you're just kind of like, wow, like you've been really at home, like doing this whole plan. This is, this is such like classic Latanya behavior just like going and putting together like all of this work and getting really excited about it only for your boss to be like, okay, just maybe <laughs> And then just, yeah. just sit your work aside. Um, but yeah, she, she's just like, I just like the idea. Uh, of getting paid and working here. Like, I I think this is working out, don't you? Um, And Carmi says to her the dreaded words, not now.
3: Yeah, and I think it's really hard because I think Carmi also sees himself in Sid at the same time and, like, Mm might have been that person that made the business plan at one point or, you know, I'm sure is reminiscent of how he was treated by his former chef. Mm -hmm. And so having to be that person, is probably really hard for him to swallow. He I really appreciates Sid and wants her to be there too. But right. Sid doesn't know the full picture, and neither does Carmi right now, because he's still trying to figure out, like he's trying to interpret the receipts, the notes, the yeah. whiteboard, everything that you know, everything that Michael left him. So he doesn't even know the full picture. Yeah, like who possible. are our
4: vendors? How much yeah. do you owe them? You know. Right. Um like I understand the why it would be a not now, but like, I, I think that basically more reassuring um, of Sydney being more reassuring, reassuring that this is something that we can build up to. I would have liked a little right. bit more of that for yeah. me, but because the show is such an examination about the these characters trying to open themselves up to each other, it, it's going to take a little while before people to kind of break the barrier to get, to like what's beneath you know well
3: and you have to remember he was woken up this morning by trying to like, yeah it wasn't a fire, fire so mm-hmm.
4: yeah um it's gotta be hard to deal with gotta be a bad day when it yeah. starts out like that yeah um congratulations on making it to work at all Carmi. it's
3: Carmi. very uh 2022 <laughs> conversation <laughs>
4: <Yes>. <laughs> things are literally on fire yeah but we're gonna podcast so yeah Um, so then the health inspector comes to visit. Uh, her name is Nancy. She's played by Amy Morton. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about
3: so I get excited because I was a big fan of Rookie of the Year, so I was like, it's the mom from Rookie of the Year, and she's like a huge, huge Chicago actress. Uh, she's born in Oak Park, which I technically isn't part of the city but I think it's close enough
4: okay we have to talk about that you finish and then we have to talk about the whole classic Chicago thing that is
3: (laughs) it is very classic Chicago Um, and she's also currently I think on Chicago PD but she's very Mm -hmm. like uh, straightforward kind of Jane Lynch esque yeah you get like the same sort of vibe from her Um, but she's big time Chicago actress
4: yeah I remember seeing her a lot and stuff growing up and um, knew that she looked really familiar. Um, so the funny thing about being like being from Chicago is that most people aren't from Chicago.
3: <laughs> well, I got it, well, Latanya. Well, I am not from. I'm from the suburbs. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there, I relate to this quite often because when people ask where am I from, no one's gonna know. No one's gonna know the suburbs. Yeah, so you
4: just say Chicago.
3: Well, and quite honestly if you, we want to talk about it like economically mm-hmm. and transportationally yeah. and everything like the city runs a lot of my life even though yes. I you know I'm not necessarily in it all the time
4: oh um, no I'm not questioning
3: no but I'm saying
4: <laughs> but no, yeah no, I just think it's really funny of, like
3: it is really funny, but I think that that's like a thing. Like the pride of Chicago is so mm-hmm. strong. Yeah. That even, so, from a operations standpoint, people from the suburbs are like, how, how do I not say I'm from Chicago? Because yeah. And I don't know people how that works. From and the Chicago people- are like,
4: how dare you yes. do that? Like, I saw you wearing, when we were podcasting together yesterday, you had on your uh, Chicago shirt. Chicago and Hamilton
3: I, shirt. And yeah.
4: I was just like, yes. <laughs> There's so much pride in being from Chicago. Yeah. And again, Like, I don't need you to get everything right about my city. It would be nice if you did. But if you show that you've got a love for the city and, like, the characters of that city, including our skyline, the L, um, you know, like, the expressways, like, all of that iconography, like, Shore Drive, that's just so, like so typical Chicago you know And I
3: think that's something that the show did really well uh it's hard to talk about it on a podcast but there yeah. are a lot of visuals that come through like where an opening credit scene would be or things like that we get like shots of the L at different times we get shots of like I think I saw a shot of Meg's Field which used to be like an airport on the lake that you could land <laughs> a plane on um it's now a concert venue but like there's just so many reference. Famous wins, Chicago gangsters, Chicago politicians. Some say mm-hmm. they're the same. Some say that they're different. You know, like you see a lot of Chicago yeah. in the show.
4: You do. Um, so Nancy, the inspector, finds a hole in the <laughs> gas line that is plugged up with a napkin and some kind of plastic. Yes. And she's like, this is going to have to be fixed immediately. And then she goes, and there's also no hot water in the hand washing station. Sydney is quick to chime in, and talking over her, uh, Richie is like, "Well, here's the deal with that." And Sydney's like, "So you're gonna talk over me and yeah. take longer?" Which I yeah. I've never identified more I think with a line from TV than that line. I, that happens to me so often in life that I I don't even know how to talk about it anymore. <laughs>
3: It is a great example of how to like. I loved that it's in the show because I'm like I can now remember it for when it happens next time. To yeah, me so I yeah, can say it.
4: yeah. Um, so that I was really, really had to go on that line because I was so like yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the next thing she finds are cigarettes that were left on the burner. Um, we've seen two people smoking in the show so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that it's either Richie or it's Carmi um, and it's just kind of assumed to be Richie and Richie takes responsibility for it. it um, and Carmi is essentially just like, okay, well, someone needs to go out and um, and make sure that Richie does the following things uh, because he shouldn't be driving.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's really funny because they think that they're like, hey, no, 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 don't give us, like, don't knock us, don't knock us. We'll fix it, we'll go fix it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's not how that. So low- that's not how the health health department works. Like no. they come, they see, they rate. You have you have a month to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they go out. Richie, we learn, cannot be driving because he uh, doesn't have a his suspended license. I
4: think yeah, like, a yeah, suspended license. And and Sydney's like he drove here <laughs> in his car <laughs> today. Um. So uh, they get uh, Sid and Richie are kind of the odd couple that get paired up to go to the store to get some caulk um the hardware store um and there's some great things that happen uh in this car we'll start with the arby's cups would you <laughs> would you please talk about the arby's cups for us
3: well first of all this pairing i loved it i love that they paired them up to go out and they get yeah. in their shoes car and of course you have to like wiggle the gear shift to get mm-hmm. the gear shift to work but um I've had this experience where I'm super self-conscious about like what my car looks like and this yes. is what happens to Richie because he's yes. like um I wasn't expecting company so these <laughs> RB cups are from different visits it's just like respect
4: respect it? yeah um so she finally gets the car on like knows that she has to like move around the um the shifter a little bit yeah. um because Richie isn't driving and this is kind of where I it started to hit for me that this was a show for me because mm. I was so caught up by the first episode. I thought it was a great pilot. I was obviously going to keep watching it because it's available for me mm-hmm. um, on my television. But it was when they turn on the car and there's an acoustic version of like what is a sleeper hit of The Counting Crows, uh, a band from like the 90s and aughts who mm-hmm. were huge and that I loved like my friends and I went to their concerts um were kind of obsessed with their albums which is how I knew that the first uh have you seen me lately that they play is actually an acoustic version taken from a live double album and it's on the blue disc look at you thank you (laughs) that's what I know about music um and then at the end of this episode they play the um this have you seen me lately that was like on the album and if you listen to the lyrics you know um someone please tell me the things you remember about me have you seen Mm. me lately Mm. um for anyone who's kind of like experiencing life in 2022 i you'd feel that way at some points and to know that richie is kind of driving into his restaurant job um with all of his like Um, machismo that he's trying to put forward and he's just listening to acoustic counting crows Yeah, you know because and and you only listen to the acoustic versions of those songs when you want to cry I know from experience so like he's not in a great place
3: Richie yeah this was I do have to say that the use of music throughout the entire series is also really really great and the way that they use it here to give us just a little bit more in Sight into who Richie is was great because I noticed I, I not as as huge as a, of a, a fan as you are but I, I was like oh I know that vibe I know that time mm-hmm. I know exactly what listening to Counting Crows means yes. <laughs> <And> so um <laughs> like I I was I was able to kind of pick up he, there's some depth here that we don't know and the, a lot of maybe a lot of the annoying parts annoying parts mm-hmm. of of his character or projecting something or hiding something. Yes, exactly. That we don't
4: know. Yeah. And it it's just, it's so cool of them to put the two people who have been most at odds, really, with each other in the kitchen, in a car together, like forces you to get along. Yeah. I, I don't know how many awkward car rides you've ever taken in your life for work purposes. Oh, yeah. A lot for me. Um, and you just kind of are forced to find things that you can be okay with about the people that you're with. Because you're going to be with them all the time.
3: You're taken out of your, like, uh, quote, unquote, probably not always true safe environment, Mm -hmm. like, or familiar environment and Mm -hmm. put into an unfamiliar environment. It changes everything. Exactly.
4: So they're at the hardware store. And uh, they, you know, could ask someone, but Richie's like, no. I have no idea what to buy and I don't want to be told.
3: (laughs) Reading, just reading. He's just reading. That's that's his strategy. It's
4: like, you're just reading the names now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Why don't we just go ask someone? No. And, uh, you know, he doesn't know what to buy, but buys something anyway. Um, He's like frustrated because he's talking about how Carmi's a child Mm -hmm. and doesn't know what the restaurant industry is all about and specifically what that restaurant needs um and he's also worried about having left the cigarettes on the burner because he feels responsible for the the rating that they got today
3: yeah and i think that just speaks to the responsibility that he's put on his shoulders having to take this on after michael's death and also he probably feels a little bit even though he's complaining about carmy i think he feels a little Mm. bit like he let carmy down
4: yeah and sid kind of shares with him how wildly talented Carmi is and yeah. why she wants to work there and she's kind of like dude you need to get on <laughs> get, yeah. get on the bus like well, this is what's happening we're, we're going with Carmi's ideas now yeah um and you should be good with that because he is a world-renowned chef who now works at your tiny little place so making italian beefs making <laughs> italian beefs just trying to like keep things in his head from setting a fire you know yeah. Um, so I think it's important that we get that kind of t- context of like, just how big of a deal, um, Carmi is <clears throat> yeah. from Sid, um, uh, because, you know, Richie's not in that restaurant world really. Right. Like, does he like work at a restaurant? Yes. But working at a restaurant and being a part of like the larger restaurant industry uh, or having gone to culinary school. Those are like different things in my mind. I don't know. I've never worked in a restaurant. So maybe I'm not one to talk about it. Have you ever?
3: I have not worked in a restaurant either. Okay. Um, I, hopefully it will get some people on here that have. Yeah. Uh, for that experience. But I think that. Um, I do think that it can be. Uh, related to like blue collar, white collar conversations. Mm. Where it's like working class versus. um you know millionaires and billionaires like the like it's a totally different world that or like an executive i don't know what a the executive of a multi million dollar company's life is like like that's kind of the level that Carmi's at right like yeah even though the food industry i think is much more grounded in the way because you can't get there without working your way up um exactly, i think that's yeah. kind of a a comparison that can be made i get a lot of um like I kind of want to rewatch which I will as we go through this with the lens of the commentary on the working class just given the importance of that in our current time
4: yeah and uh you know we'll talk about this in later episodes but you know there's the question of how do you think we got through COVID that comes up right restaurants have to face a lot more ups and downs than most businesses do
3: and even like uh, in the city of Chicago they had a lot of um like fees and things that they had to pay during that Yeah,
4: season. exactly. Um we learn Richie has a daughter which yeah. I'm not sure how to feel about. Um <laughs> you know,
3: I was kind of comforted that it wasn't in direct care. I'm not yes, going to lie.
4: Yes. Uh she's with her mom. She's having, you know, the mom calls because his daughter is having kind of a bad day and she's crying and she wants to talk to her dad and we see he, just like the most soft boy of soft boys emerge out of this how do you feel about what Eben Moss Bacharach did with this part of his performance
3: I really I really enjoyed his performance here because you could also see that he like his daughter was having an issue at school where like she felt like she didn't fit in or maybe was getting bullied or something like that you could totally tell that um Eben was trying to get across to us that he had also been in that situation and knows what that's like and trying Mm -hmm. to be there for his daughter but also I also picked up on the fact that he said that he couldn't be there for his daughter in the way that maybe he wanted to be there there was a lot of like a lot of messages given to us in a very short amount of time with very little
4: dialogue That which is great, right? Like, yeah, it's not just about exposition, but it tells you so much more about that character and what type of life they live on a day to day basis. It's I just thought it was a really, really well done. Um, The whole trip is for not because (laughs) he got the wrong cock. No, it's fine. Because who is the day? day? (laughs) Sydney, of course, got (laughs) the right materials and uh, is ready to go back to the restaurant.
3: But what I love, oh yeah. I love about this is that Sydney did this like she she put the cock in her bag like she knew yeah. but she didn't let yeah like, she let Richie think that he solved the problem uh-huh very familiar situation and she's life.
4: like giving a little bit of something of herself there to yes. him that's like a yes. gift to him yes. that he kind of needed in that moment I think yes. of just all the, the thoughts that were going through his head but you know it would have been just easier to do what she said and ask someone um so. agreed we're, we're, we're getting there we're, we're there. getting there you know it's <laughs> the toxic masculinity um present in this show is not always like up in our face right um it's really stylized and I think well done um just showing examples of when that occurs um and how
3: to kind of deal with it like in a moment like this she didn't say I, I you should have listened to me I took mm-hmm. the, you know I did all that she's she let him like be vulnerable yeah. in, in the situation. And like, just to be clear to listeners, that's what I'm meaning when I say toxic masculinity is the fact that we have a society where men can't necessarily express, express their emotions. Yeah. And this is the, this is the outcome of that sometimes. Yeah,
4: For sure. Um, so we're back at the restaurant and we get a visit from C- Jimmy Cicero, which is the name of a character <laughs> on this show.
3: The most the most Chicago name you could give a character
4: right? on the show. Cicero <laughs> lift shits. Um so he comes on about he's played by Oliver Platt, which has he's been in everything, I feel yes. like yeah, I've seen him my life, whole life.
3: I always think of the West Wing. I mm. uh he was White House counsel. I did oh, not, I not watch that West show. Wing. But yeah, he's everywhere he, like for a long time.
4: Yeah. Um, so he visits the restaurant and we learn that he lent michael Carmi's mm-hmm. brother three hundred thousand dollars. okay, were
3: you picking up like it this wasn't like hey i lent I lent your brother three hundred k. This was like and I don't want to
4: kill you. So right. I'm
3: telling you, Yeah,
4: <laughs> like, like I, I'm the nice guy right yeah. now. Don't let me have to send someone to break your legs.
3: Yeah. And he says that like, yeah, like flat out, like at the beginning of the scene, I'm like, Oh, there's so nice conversation. And then I was like, Oh, Oh, we're getting this. And
4: there's something very Midwestern in Chicago and about that dynamic, which is just like, cordial conversation because you have to have manners and then like Mm -hmm. oh you're a terrible person
3: okay (laughs) and you know that's something you know people can associate with Chicago too Mm -hmm. is like just the gangsterness of it yeah we don't get into godfather levels in the series at all but we do we do get like the hey I'm gonna have to do something or you're going to have to owe me one yeah. or five. Or you're going to be owing me
4: forever, yeah. essentially, because it's $300,000. And I feel like, you know, put yourself in Carmi's shoes. He's just kind of looking around like, and he did what with it? Right. You know, like right. finding out that there was that level of investment or like money that was invested, quote unquote, into the restaurant. And then mm-hmm. not seeing any, you know, there's an old bread maker, there's like, You know, the the hand washing station doesn't work. They're just like they have nothing. Um, they don't even they haven't even paid their vendors. Um, so they're just kind of getting still, they're getting meat on like a a daily basis, but we don't know how. Um, so we'll get more of Jimmy later in the show and more of an idea of how um Carmy and uh, the rest kind of became associated with him too.
3: Yeah, at the end of the day, he does ask Carmen, like, "Hey, just sell it to me." Like, I'll say, yeah. like, "Don't worry about it." But this is Carmen can't let go of that. So no. that, that plays out through the rest of the series.
4: Anytime someone in the mafia is like, "Just sell it to me," <laughs> then you don't, you don't, you know, you know, your life is in danger, like, imminently at that moment. Then I wouldn't, I wouldn't do don't it because it. it means don't that, that it. they see value in it that yeah. they're gonna get out of it. You know, and
3: I think Carmen explains or explores <clears> that in his conversations. Like, why did you give Michael the money? Why, why? if if you didn't think well of him like why did you do this why Why did did you you make this investment
4: right why did you enable him essentially and uh he's just like i loved him yeah and and that's just so it's a shocking thing to come from a character that we've basically been introduced to as like a gangster who's doing a shakedown um but at the same time very telling of just how many different emotions can come into the fore when you're dealing with someone who has an addiction or dealing with someone who um has killed you know who's committed suicide
3: yeah and like what what love can push a person to do if they don't know how to express it
4: yeah that's a good point um so carmy calls pete who is sugar's husband yes (laughs) and apologizes for beating pete up um <laughs> pete is like
3: pete is like the most like he's un-seasoned. like a puppy he's like very
4: like, <laughs> the most unseasoned yeah, he's, he's like, the mastacholi of this he group he is
3: <laughs> and everyone like kind of like uh kids at him from now on but we can tell in this conversation that something went down between him and carmy
4: played by chris chris wateski i think is how you pronounce his name um yeah uh he does a good job of just being awkward he's like the awkward like i just want you all to think i'm cool yeah like, i want to hang out kind of guy yeah. um so it's funny that this also happens that Carmi calls pete because he wants to talk to sugar but like <laughs> <laughs> is trying to i don't know what he's trying to do like i think he's just trying to ease into the conversation uh a little bit more like being like hey so uh can, can i talk to my sister what is well, she doing
3: i think it's interesting because we know through the course of this conversation like the reason why Carmi is calling sugar is because he had this really scary thing happen to him at the beginning mm-hmm. of the day and he needs to tell someone
5: yeah. but he
3: doesn't think of himself worthy enough to just call sugar like put things aside and say, yeah, hey, say hey this hey. is what's going on he thinks that he has to do something for her as a much as like apologize to her husband right. in order to open the door for her to listen. Right. And I think that that says a lot about where he's at.
4: Mm-hmm. That's so true. And sugar, he tells sugar about how he almost burned his apartment down <laughs> um, how he's been having trouble breathing. It started in New York um, sugar. You can see in the background is making uh, she tells him he's make, she's making their mom's chicken, which looks great.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and he writes it down. He's like, okay, lemon chicken.
4: Yeah, it is also just kind of the classic random food thing that you would find at an Italian beef restaurant that would probably be good, you know? Um, This makes sense with the menu, in my opinion. Um, So Sugar goes on to give him some really great advice, which I think we all need to take, which is that a big part of the job is taking care of people, but you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. It's okay to ask for help.
3: Yeah, I was like, thank sugar. I needed to hear I that. No, I <laughs> needed to hear that. <laughs> I just you know. Now. <laughs> you, yeah. It's it, it's hard because I think sometimes we can like at least for myself, I can <clears throat> I can trick myself into thinking that I'm filling myself up by helping other people. But mm-hmm. sometimes I'm draining myself faster than
4: that. Yeah. It really is just like it's another reason why I think this show has been reaching so many people in this like 2022 yeah. is that all of us are feeling i and i'll just speak for myself like i'm feeling really burnout yeah just by life and work yeah. and just an you know being overstimulated in every way that a person in 2022 is while still feeling somehow lonely even though you have that oh. like constant contact with people
3: yes so yeah.
4: you know to like to hear, to see a show where the characters are so embodying this idea of, like, you know, what it is to be a human being in these days of, like, existential angst and, yeah. and threat. Um, and how you're just burnt out all the time. But you were, were probably taught that you need to keep going. Just keep going. True, I... Only weak people ask for, ask for help. Um, and that you could push yourself right down on the ground, you know, uh, and like mm. into a hospital bed by doing that kind of thing. I can say from experience. So yeah, I was glad to get this advice from sugar.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a rough time. Like there's a lot of, um, I watch a lot of TikTok too. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's just like the position between like what we see in the news and then being asked to like write an email that says like, thanks for... I hope this helps or, know. you know, all of this stuff, this back and forth, these different worlds that we're living in all at the same time. And then even if we had a good handle on self-care prior to this time, it changes. It's different. Like it's going to take different things to fill my cup now than it did before because exactly. resources are different. <laughs> environments are different. Like we don't have what we used to have. And so it's, it's a different, a different world, and at this point in the show, like we don't know, you know, uh, we are recording this, and if you, you found this years ahead of now, <laughs> we are recording this in twenty twenty two, and there are shows that either will like ignore COVID or be very blank, like upfront about COVID. And at this point, like we don't know that this is a show set in a COVID world until later. Um, so once we learn that, I appreciate it even more because it's even more relatable. Exactly.
4: Yeah. Um, so Richie fixes the wall. Um, mm-hmm. and while he's doing so, he kind of sees something on the ground and it is a, a letter from, uh, Mike to Carmi.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
4: um, at first Richie goes and puts the letter on his desk, on Carmi's desk. Um, and then goes and, pu- and puts it back where he found it. What would you think would be the best reasoning or explanation from Richie's point of view about why he would continue to hide this note from Carmi?
3: Uh, the best reason is that, I, I mean, I, coming from like a big sibling perspective, Carmi's not ready to read it. If, when he's ready to yeah. read it, he can find it on his own time. Yeah. Um, it was hard for me to tell if that was the reason for Richie in this moment, because we know that he's had a really hard day. And we know yeah. that there's a lot of comparisons between the two of them and the world is changing His world is changing right now, uh, within the restaurant. Um, but I would hope that there was at least an element of that in his decision.
4: Yeah, for sure. There's, there's also just gotta be something about, you know, it's the last note that you say, right. like from right. a person who has committed suicide. And what if it is, what if it is the note? You know? Right. Right. Um, like
3: he's not ready for whatever's in there. Like
4: right. And no one is. I don't right. think that we as an audience are ready for what's in there yet, right. frankly. Right. Um, and it's just a little bit more of why I think this show is so special and the in the way that it does storytelling. Um, is it's it's just so unique from anything that I've I've seen before, but also feels completely familiar at the same time.
3: I think it's a great I, this just this just came to me now. I think it's a great comparison to cooking. Story, this, mm. The way they approach storytelling, you know, when we watch shows like Top Chef or we talk about high, fine dining and high cuisine, it's always less is more. It's harder to do more with less ingredients. You have to do it well. You have to take your time. You have to, you know, know what you're doing. And I think this is very efficient very minimalistic storytelling where I'm getting so much out of an audience from an audience from very little we just talked about the scene in the car uh mm-hmm. where we learned that Richie has has a daughter I think there's an element to that in here like they they have you know they don't have a lot of sets they don't have yeah. this could have been a play like I
4: was watching this it was it, at it, one it, point we'll get there okay but. we'll see <laughs> yeah
3: like it's this it's I think that's that has something to do with it so the fact that there's I, I don't know if that was the intention or whatever, but mm-hmm. I could make a case that they uh, are reflecting the subject that they are trying to tell the story about.
4: Yeah. I just, I'm just caught up, you know, this will, yeah. this will be watching the show again for the podcast will be the third time I've watched it.
3: Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, Um, I had to
3: like sit with it for a bit and then tell everybody about it. (laughs)
4: Yeah, exactly. Well, I did that. I just happened to find, like it just popped up. I guess the Hulu algorithm is learning me. Um, And they learned that I like a lot of like FX for Hulu shows. They're good. They're really good. Um, So the kitchen seems to be running okay, like pretty well. Yeah. With Sydney calling the shots, like she's hired, you know? She's She's brought that sense of urgency in and uh it's what the people need for this restaurant uh Carmi then kind of getting a sense that things are calming down a little bit before i think dinner service mm-hmm. uh goes outside to smoke can't find his cigarettes and uh oh it was Carmi all along people he was the one who left oh. those cigarettes on the stove that the inspector found at the beginning of the episode
3: yeah i mean like i could see it but also mm-hmm. it was confirmed
4: was confirmed and uh then he checks his text messages and sugar has sent him the al-anon meeting um information a couple like several times and he's finally can like see in his face that he's resolved to go and do something about the fact that he is spiraling at this point yeah
3: yeah i think uh al a good call yeah
4: um on that happy note <laughs>
3: bear that's gonna I'm be on, like not... every podcast
4: and on that yeah, inspiring that take... inspiring take <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah that's that's episodes one and two of the bear uh is there anything else that you want to talk about that we didn't cover or any kind of hopes that you have in terms of the season going forward and the podcast that we're going to produce
3: no i think it'll be really i i love talking with you about it i'm excited to yeah see this what has been great together and i think it's going to bring a whole new appreciation, at least for myself. And I hope it does for our listeners. Cause I think there's a lot of people who are in our situation who've, who've binged it and mm-hmm. like been excited about it and maybe watched it a couple of times. And so hopefully we can all kind of, I mean, I don't know, it's a kitchen. This is the, an onion of a podcast. Maybe we'll like
4: I know, peel back the layers. layers. We'll, we'll peel back the layers. I'll try to see how many celebrities I can reach out to on Twitter from the show <laughs> <laughs> to get them to come and talk to us. Um, I mean, that would
3: be great. I'll buy them an Italian beef. It'll be great. Yeah,
4: there you go. <laughs> um, so, all right. You all want to hear more of what we have to offer here, just as a general uh, post-show recaps family. Mm-hmm. You can go to uh, visit our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash post-show recaps. Um, you can also visit our store where we have merch. We do. And it's so cute. It is. <laughs> um. <laughs> You can find that at postshowrecaps.com forward slash show or forward slash store. Sorry, postshowrecaps.com forward slash store. Um, get yourself a mug. Get yourself yeah. a, a nice t-shirt. t-shirt, a hat, you know? Yeah. All you're, of the above, get all of them.
3: All your merch needs.
4: Um, and just know that while you're buying that merch, you can be hanging out with us on the Discord Yeah. Um, at a certain level uh, if you become a patron of Post Show Recaps. And you get access to our patron Discord, where I'm sure we're going to now be talking about the bear in great detail, um, without being too spoilery of what we want to talk about on here. But just kind of getting everybody's opinion, and we'd love to hear back from you all as well. Yes, Um, how can we do that? So
3: there's the Discord is probably going to be the best way, or reaching out directly. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MarsBars, M A R Z B A R S. we might, I mean, I'll check in to see if there's a, a better way for, okay. f- for, f- uh, the for trailer future for podcasts. future podcasts. Is, yeah, uh, tune in next time to find out if we have a better way for you to send us feedback. <laughs>
4: exactly. <laughs> um, what other plugs do you have? I know you've got a lot of stuff going on.
3: Well, we just wrapped up coverage for Umbrella Academy, or will be by the time this comes out. I think um, the wrap-up show for that comes out this Thursday, and then launching at the beginning of August is going to—I'm going to be covering A League of Their Own with Grace and Sarah Ferguson. And Mm. so I'm excited about that. That's another like Illinois related story. I'm excited to be on this Illinois beat.
4: I know. Good for you.
3: (laughs) You know, Um. given given the good old Land of Lincoln some, some love Uh and, uh, yeah. So that's what I've got going on. How about you, LaTanya?
4: Um, so by the time this comes out, these, uh, these podcasts will be up recently for me. Um, I will have, done my first podcast about blackbird the apple tv plus show uh with um it'll just be me and grace because ariel is on vacation yeah Uh, just being a diva and like going on vacation during the summer are you anyway i mean um, (laughs) (laughs) i I was on the most recent episode of crime scene talking about the girl in the picture uh you can check that out over at rhap uh i was on the season for episode four Westworld feedback show mm. with Mike and Josh. And we talked all about that show and how much I frankly think it's a return to form from season one. Oh, that's um, exciting but, to hear. Yeah, it's exciting to hear, except for the fact that no one's watching it.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say, I have not watched it.
4: <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like- season three, in my opinion, was not the best or easiest to understand. So I can see how people would like give up after that season and not come back, but it wasn't that bad, especially I mean, since this season is so much better.
3: I got halfway through season two and I was just like the buzz around it. The season has been good. So I might jump back in. We'll see how. It goes.
4: Yeah. I've been liking this season a lot so far. Um, I've also just done an Emmys podcast with Grace yeah. and with Jess we talk about all the nominees. I might be coming back for a show that where we will choose who we think to, should win. some the Yeah. In some of the, some mm-hmm. of the biggest categories. Um, I was just on um, an episode of um, the Post Show Recaps Theater with Ariel and Grace. I basically just podcast with Grace. And- <laughs> Grace, Melissa. Grace
3: is kind of on all of the podcasts. so
4: Grace is on everything. Sense. It's just yeah. like me, you, uh, Grace, and then uh, Chappelle and Mari uh, have to be there for any podcast combination to happen. Um, yes. And then I, so I talked about Nope on that one. And then, um, is that it? That might be it. Well, we're yeah, you and can find, find you? me here? Um, yeah. You can find me here hosting and you can find me on Twitter at LK Starks or on Instagram at Stormborn1222. Mm-hmm. um and yeah please please come find us um so that we can tell you when these episodes will be airing you can get our takes on uh things that we could not say maybe on a, a podcast um and you can see all the things that we're going to be doing in the weeks ahead yeah um i'm excited I'm it should excited. be good it yeah. should be
3: good yep we'd love to hear from you so find us if you have anything to say but otherwise
4: that's what i got all right. Signing off.
3: Yes, Chef. Yes, Chef. Bye.
1: Step into the world of power. Loyalty.